Hello and welcome to the Swan Song Project podcast. My name is Ben Buddy Slack and I'm the founder of the Swan Song Project. We're a charity that helps people pay for the end of their lives to write and record their own original songs. This podcast features songwriters and we talk about bereavement and music. Uh, they share with us one of their songs, tell us about how they wrote it, uh, songwriting tips might be useful to other songwriters and also a song that's meaningful to them in some way related to bereavement. This episode features Beans on Toast and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, today I'm here with Mr. Beans on Toast, Jay McAllister. Thanks for joining me, man. My pleasure. Hi, Ben. Ben Buddy Slack. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a pair of good names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, if anyone's seen this podcast before, we do them in three sections. First, um, we're going to have one of my guest songs, and we're going to talk a little bit about how they wrote that. Section two, where uh, Jay's going to share with us a songwriting tip, and that's useful for new songwriters. And then section three, we're going to talk about songs meaningful to Jay in some way related to bereavement. Uh, so I'm going to hand you over and ask you to introduce your song for us, please, Jay. Uh, it's a song called Human Contact, and uh, it was written and recorded and released it from kind of lockdown or quarantine, basically. Um, it was this, it's one of a few songs that I've been putting out effectively um, during the kind of last three months. It was, I think it was the second song that I wrote In, instantly when the pandemic hit and I was at home. I started reacting to it by writing songs about it and uh, this was more oh, it was quite easy to write doom and gloom songs and and sort of uh, you know i was really concerned about my well-being and the world's well-being but also i knew that the world probably didn't need many songs like that so this is more of a song about um remembering the good times and sort of looking forward to a time when this has passed basically called human contact take it away i'm a hugger i'm a kisser a high fiver and a handshaker i probably tell you that i love ya before i even had a chance to get to know ya touchy feely but not in a weird way i can get comfortable on a busy tube train and i like treating strangers like they're my best friends never had any complaints back then i've always had a thing for human contact and i miss that We're doing fine, man. We're doing well, well as well as can be expected. You know, how about yourselves? I'm guessing your work is dried up too. You're also sat at home wondering what to do. Now the future ain't nothing but a question mark. And there's time to find out who you really are. You're a hugger, you're a kisser. A high fiver and a handshaker. You know I really miss ya. I can't wait until I can actually see ya face to face, less than a meter apart. Can't wait for you to tell me who you really are. You've always had a thing for human contact. And I love that. 
I feel at home in large gatherings of people, pubs, clubs and football matches, gigs and festivals, I made a living trying to bring people together saying, hug it out man, it'll make you feel better, now the future ain't nothing but a waiting game, waiting to find out when we'll meet again. Let it be known when this is over We're gonna have a giant get together We'll be hanging from the rafters And we won't be taking anything for granted I know it might not happen anytime soon But I need to believe that normality will resume Where it's normal to kiss, normal to hold hands Normal to wrap your arms around your friends I've always had a thing for human contact And I miss that Okay, brilliant. So that was Human Contact by Beans on Test. Yeah, it's a great song, man. I think it's, um, I really like it. I really like, it feels like you've, you know, you've really captured something what will be very real to a lot of people and maybe something what people hadn't realised as much beforehand. It's definitely something I've thought with, with this is, you know, doing the video calls, like, with so many people, like, it's, it's good, but it's, it's not the same as meeting people. Like. It's, of course, yeah, it's, it's strange what you take for granted. And I think, you know, that... Being close to, I think, friends and also strangers, I think is what people, you know, it's still feeling now, now that you can see family a bit closer, but there's still, you still know that there's something sort of fundamentally missing from everybody's lives, really. And that is just that thing that you never really thought about before because it was completely taken for granted. I mean, if there is any, hopefully, well, you know, as a, as, as a race, we'll learn some lessons from from this and and put in a more importance sort of realizing how important that human connection is could well be one of them yeah definitely i think this is the line in the song about um not taking things for granted and i hope that is uh, the way it goes it's back to normal that we don't think yeah it's hard to i mean it's it's hard to sort of think and talk about again without getting too without kind of depressing yourself a little bit it's the because it's obviously going to be quite a slow drawn out process as well it'd be nice if it's like there's one day and then it's just a button is pressed and you're allowed to sort of hug and kiss your friends and family again but i don't feel like it's going to be that way but i i also believe that it it won't change humanity forever with in regards to that subject anyway we will you know it's it is we've realized how important it is and we'll take it back when we can yeah yeah hopefully it's not too long Hmm. Um, and you say you've been you've written quite a lot of songs during lockdown. Um, how have you been finding that? And I think you've got your <sighs> recording setup and everything there. For it's a super simple recording setup. But I, I'm I've I've always written about um, current events, and I've found that the more that I've been writing, and in recent years, the the sh if you write about current events, you you always have quite a short shelf life for the song um, because the world moves on and things become out of date quite quickly. Um, and that's also why I release quite a lot of music. Mm. Um, and so I'm always writing and, and I release an album a year. And it feels in the last couple of years that the world is speeding up so fast. Even an album a year is, you know, I was writing about Brexit for an album that was going to come out at the end of last year. And 
it, it, it was you know it's hard to keep tabs on it from day to day let alone in order to get into a studio and record and release from a video properly and i think that says a lot about the world and it and somehow it has it it's sped up my writing and i've never really questioned why i feel the need to write songs before but the when the pandemic hit and it, when it was sort of it realized it realized this is a really big thing that's going to affect everybody and it's coming now and i instantly at a time when you know both myself and my wife started coughing as well and i was like instantly i was i, was, I just sat that night and wrote a song called strange days and and i had this sort of urge to record and then i'll put it out three days later one knowing that we'd have a short shelf life and it, it for the first time i quit i was like why am i doing this why is my knee-jerk reaction to take what i see in the world and and spin it into a song and then force it back out into the world and i still haven't really found an answer i mean now it's what i do for a living but i certainly that's not what is what was driving me behind writing that song and putting it out i guess it's a mix of trying to work out the feel, thoughts and feelings I have myself. I find writing a song is a, is a, a good way of a kind of lethargic and a good process for my own kind of sort of well-being, I guess. And then I putting it out into the world in a hope to find other people that feel similar that can then form a kind of community or friendship with or something along them lines again i've never questioned it before but the, the because of the t quick turnaround of that song and because as, as i mentioned earlier also another thing that happened is a lot of podcasts and sort of zoom interviews and whatnot sprung up so where i was instantly commenting on it it was also i was asked questions for it more than perhaps i would when i put an album if i put an album out i do a bunch of interviews and there's a lot to talk about so you just sort of graze over it but I was being asked why have you just put this song out you know what how do you feel about mm -hmm. the, the pandemic it's like well I this is how I feel about it exactly in the song and why I put it out I'm, you're gonna have to give me a minute to, to think <laughs> it over um but and, and and then it's a case of just wanting to stay creative and also I mean the other thing is there's so much to write about as well with how quickly everything changed and the amount of emotions that I go through on a daily basis around this, both within my personal life and what is going on as you know, in, in, in the wider world, there's so much to comment on. And, and obviously that means that everybody's sticking their oar in, but it feels like for whatever reason, it's just a complete knee jerk reaction now for me. And, uh, and that's what it's been throughout the past three or four months. And in fact, I was, I've been writing, quicker than kind of even like i've been putting songs out every couple of weeks but i've got two songs still in my back pocket because people just no one wants another song every day or whatever um so i've been kind of shelving songs as well and then i guess i intend to i'll, I'll kind of collate them all and and put them on a half of an album or whatever at the, at the end of the year but um the recording setup is super simple again it's just me and a guitar i actually have like a micro uh, like a sort of dlr like a nice video camera with a mic on it and i feel i, I i'm kind of not a big fan of um pro tools or any recording software at all so by recording into a camera it takes out the laptop scenario completely you just get a take all the way through and then i send it to my friend who kind of masters it and, and does all of makes it a bit more palatable and uh and then and also the, the 
working out the ability to record, release onto Spotify, you know, with, I make a video for each song, which I do quite like video editing software. So I play around with that. That keeps me busy in the evenings and make a little video for it, turn it all around. And, and, and again, it's like working out what's important in, in the world and realizing that how much you can do from your home, be it, be it a podcast or be it, to, you know, release a, a, a bunch of songs out into the world and then stay there and manage to communicate with the people that it's going to and whatnot. So it's been my, you know, my process from it has been, I don't know what I would have done without it, I think is, is, is worth saying. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting things you touched on there. I think the, yeah, questioning why you do it is a, it's one of those kind of mysterious rabbit holes that you can uh, get lost in, I think, and why you're drawn to Yeah. It. Um, but I think like what you're saying, I think, you know, like, I think songs and things that are written during this time will be, just be so interesting for people to look back on in the future. This video, like we're living through one of those times that 50 years or so people talk about the coronavirus. I mean, it will be so well documented, wasn't it? Because it was almost <laughs> like we was like a, a kind of race of beings that were busy documenting nothing, <laughs> almost. <laughs> like everybody was documenting their daily lives just for the kind of hell of it and then yeah. and now they'll, they'll all, and it was always it just sort of felt like no it was much to look back on but now i mean f from now until forever history will be documented in unfathomable ways right no one deletes anything anymore so yeah that's a good point and um i was interested in what you were saying about having like so much to write about now even though in some ways like there's you know we're doing so much less you know like normally in your life it's just you be on the road all the time and all these different experiences but then it's like there's so much still going on and there's so much like I guess opportunity for that self-reflection in a way and kind of of course it is the juxtaposition isn't it it's mm -hmm. like your whole life's changed and you the only thing you can do to help is nothing ultimately. <laughs> it's like you know like apart from kind of watch it all unfold in front of you and 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 therefore yeah I guess have have opinions on it I mean how how much they help or or not but yeah it's a weird juxtaposition and because I know there was a bit, there was a bit of sort of bounce back as well. There was a sort of felt like an initial push. Everybody wanted to be really creative. I know a friend that works in a guitar shop that said, you know, like they just sold guitars online like you wouldn't believe, yeah. which is really nice here. And I think, and, and quite rightly so, I also think then there was a kind of narrative that said, if you're not writing a book, you know, or, or writing an album in this, it's fine. You know, like you don't, please don't feel the need to, to come out of this with a new language or anything like that. You know, it is, it's a tragedy at the end of the day. And if you just need to, you know, get your head down and get on with it, don't, certainly don't feel guilty. Or if you want to play, you know, computer for the night or whatever, just, which I also think is an extremely, you know, a, a, a good thing to say. I, I always found with any, the worst thing, with any form of creativity is sort of ex expecting people to do it or say you've yeah, now's the time you to write the song yeah. it's you know it's 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 just not good for any art i don't believe in in, in yeah. that manner yeah i know what you mean that kind of pressure can be really uh off -putting. i found the same like there's been times where i felt really creative and really motivated like i've got to do all these new things another week so that's just been like no energy for it at all and yeah uh, i think that's kind of common for a lot of people isn't it? exactly up, up that. And down throughout it um, another thing I was just going to ask you on, on your songwriting process, you're saying that you're kind of often writing about current events. Like, do you feel, do you identify um, before, and you, you know, you know album a year, don't you, that do you identify like, I want to do songs about these particular topics, or do you just 
follow no, things? No, I'll do it one song at a time. Yeah, it'll be like, this is something that's gonna, gonna write about this, gonna write about that. And, and I might have um, a sort of, I, I guess I might have a bit of a list in my head. Um, but it's, it, to me, it's always extremely obvious what I'm gonna be writing about as well. I'm, I'd, I'd never go searching for subject matter. Um, it's just the the first thing that that comes that, that comes to me is generally what I write about. Cool, good stuff. Cool. Well, let's uh, move into section two now, shall we? This is where I ask my guests to share with us a, a songwriting tip that might be useful for for other songwriters. So, what would your your tip be for us, Jay? Yeah, I was trying to <laughs> try not to go on forever and ever, which is my uh, <laughs> generally my curse in these sort of things. I, I think if it had to be one tip, it'd probably be. Fit, definitely finish the song uh, but I adding on to that I'd say that there's the thing I love the most about songwriting is there is no right or wrong it's you can do whatever you want and anybody's obviously welcome to judge you but they really it's how you take their judgment as to what you know what that means to you there is no one can can say that's not a song or it's not a good song or it's a bad song really that's their opinion you know there is no right and wrong and that's what makes it so brilliant because and anybody can do it you know and and, and also you know I, I find that as far as if you're doing it for the first time the is all it's definitely play your song to other people as well because there is you know, you can't get away from the fact that for whatever reason you're writing your song, if you play it to someone and they like it, it's always going to be feel good inside. And it's gonna give you encouragement to either put a bit more work on the song or write another song or, but I think definitely like, you know, finish the song, even if you're not mad happy with it, it's still, you know, there's, there's anything could happen until you've said, that's it. I've finished that song now and that one's done and, you know, and now it, it, it exists. But yeah, I mean, and because that again is one of the pleasures of songwriting when it, a song is finished and you have effectively created something out of nothing, which again could effectively go on to mean the world to someone, um, which is nothing short of magic, basically, when you think of it like that, you know, it's, it's a, a truly sort of, magical process and even you know and even if that you know it's one person that's close to you in your family that hears it and takes something from it you've still all you've done is put in effort and got out good energy from it so it's yeah finish the song yeah no, i think that's brilliant i think we like what you said about it. it's um it, you've taken something out of nothing and it's that yeah there's no right or wrong way to do it everyone's got their own everyone can do it everyone can make their own sounds and put their own words to it yeah and like you say there's no right or wrong and and there's nothing to lose really either yeah yeah and i really like what you said about um playing it for someone i hadn't thought of it like that before but that's it used to be a thing i used to always think with with, with my band when we do a song it was never really done it's never really re you know until we played it live somewhere like we could play it in, sure. in, in rehearsal over and over and over again but it was never it was never finished until we'd done it live and it worked in yeah a live environment and other people had heard it yeah and it, but then it felt like you can't back out then cause well then it's it. then it then that's kind of it's, that's like the sort of second birth of a song really when it's played in someone else's vicinity even if it's just across the room to someone else or at a, at a gig but yeah that's definitely another kind of 
a, a big marker for the for the life of the song, isn't it? When that's that means it's out there. Like you said, you can't go back on it yeah. as such. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. And it's, there's just something different about when you play a song in front of someone than when you play it by yourself. Um, yeah. There yeah, definitely yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, thanks for that. That's really, really uh, good stuff. Um, so now we're moving to section three, Joe. This is where I ask my guests to um, share with us a song that's meaningful to them in some way related to bereavement. And what I've done here is I'll put the link for the song in the description. So if you're watching this and you want to go listen to the song, you can follow the link and uh, then come back. We're going to have a bit of a chat about it. So um, what song did you choose for us, Jeff? Well, I'd like to think that people probably don't need a link to, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to get to Bob Marley redemption song. Um, uh, obviously, it, you know, extremely massive, beautiful song that, that most, most of the world knows, I'd like to think. Um, and you hear it often. It was played at a dear friend of mine, Skipper, who passed away a long time ago in very sad circumstances. Um, and it was played at his funeral. He was, you know, he was a big Bob Marley fan. He was a big Bob Dylan fan. He was a great guitarist and songwriter, but there was, it kind of, you know, his death hit me at the funeral when the, when that song was played. And every time I've heard it since I remember Skip, um, it, it, it doesn't necessarily bring sadness anymore. Certainly not as, as it did at a funeral, but, and, and because it's such a big song, and because it, you hear it played, you know, at a festival in the sunshine before a band goes on or on the radio in, in a taxi, you know, it's, it's everywhere. And because of that, it skips everywhere because I always link him to the song. So, yeah, that was, you know, instantly when I read the question, there was, you know, there was, there was no question for me. I knew exactly what it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great choice. And, um, Yes, yeah, it's a powerful song. It was, I listened to it again uh, you know, preparing for, for this. I hadn't, hadn't listened to it in a while, and it's one of them songs that... It just, Can't it, deny it, yeah. Yeah, and it feels like every time, songs like that, every time I go back to it, I feel like I get something new out of it. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Brilliant, yeah, well, thanks a lot for your time, uh, Joe. My really pleasure. Sorry it. if I was a bit sweaty, uh, people. It is a hot day <laughs> yeah, today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's, Ben's, Ben's been using towels to dry himself down, but I wasn't as prepared. Should have had rounds, shouldn't we? Yeah, little towel rounds. <laughs> cool. Well, I'll get back out into the sunshine then. Yeah. Um, you got anything? You're doing a live stream tonight, I believe, aren't you? I am. Yes, exactly that at the Clap and Grab. So I'm actually going to leave and go to a gig now. Right. Uh, first time I've left the house with my guitar for a long time. There's not going to be anybody at the gig apart from someone man in a camera. But it's in a venue and there will be monitors. And uh, so that I don't know when this goes out. I guess it's, there's no need to to plug the uh, the gig. I'm, but I'm going to try and get it out uh, in time for it's eight o'clock tonight. Oh, right. Okay. Twenty fifth, and it's going to try and get up in time. <laughs> so in which case, in which case, wonderful. Yeah, if you check this out, um, then it's uh, myself, Frank Turner, also playing on the Clapham Grand stage, and then Billy Bragg coming in via Zoom. Zoom did well out of all of this, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Never even heard of it. But Bragg will be there uh, through Zoom, and it's it's a fundraiser for the Clapham Grand. A very old friend of mine is the manager there. It's a hundred and twenty year old. Um, independent music venue which is facing bankruptcy and closure basically and they're raising and they're, I mean it's a god-awful amount of money that they need to save it but they're doing a fantastic job and save it we must great stuff yeah well uh, I recommend people tuning in if they can and I'll tag your, your social media pages and website and everything so people can uh, 
keep an eye on you and follow your new, uh, new releases as they come. Wicked. Cheers, Ben. Good stuff, man. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank and, you, mate. Uh, Bye -bye. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'll be back with another episode soon.